to the cloud. We record it to the cloud. And also on the Facebook Live. We put it on the the live for the Facebook. The Facebook? Facebook? I don't know. I don't know where I'm from. It Facebook? is not a, it is not a specific uh, accent. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook? Are we live on Facebook? It's not from a place that makes sense. Let me know we're live on Facebook. <laughs> I hope it starts like this. Do you have the theme music? Yeah, I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready. <clears throat> All right, I'm clicking the thing. How do I know when you're ready? Just give me a countdown, I guess. I'm going to add a title. Hold on. Wow. Fancy. Getting the title and everything this week? Don't be such a jackass. It's in my nature. I can't help it. <laughs> All right, it's doing the thing. Could be now. Don't blow Eating it. Play. is now streaming live on Facebook. It's Quick Snaps. when the end was hello everybody welcome to quick snaps comedy football talk we're happy to have you we're happy to be here we do this thing uh every monday night at 7 30 p.m when there's not another football game we try not to compete with the thing that we talk about so we have we were scheduled to move this because there was a football game scheduled to be right now and then it unscheduled itself and so now we're here in our regular 7 30 slot thanks for joining us we got a lot to cover. We, we, the Cowboys lost their leader. Both of last year's Super Bowl teams lost to big underdogs. The Chiefs lost to the Raiders and the Niners. The Niners quarterback was so bad against the Dolphins, they had to bench him, uh, which was a surprise to him, you know, because usually he can score by just saying hi. Uh, this <laughs> Garoppolo guy, you may have heard of him. Yeah, he's very uh, handsome. Very uh, yeah, we had a hell of a Seahawks comeback game. As per usual, that team is hot. Uh, we got, like we've been saying, we've got some teams that are – Cream of the crop, baby. We got four or five really good teams, and we have four or five really terrible teams, including the Giants and the Falcons. The Giants and the Falcons are collectively 0 and 10, our two teams. Thank God we do a comedy football show where our teams being terrible is completely acceptable behavior. Uh, and we got a new coach. The Atlanta Falcons have a new coach. As Merry of today. Christmas, baby. Merry Christmas. Now, we've discussed this. That's Aaron Hodges, by the way. I'm Kostaki Economopoulos. This is Quick Snaps. This is a podcast. We do it on Facebook Live as well, so we kind of have lots of media covered, but uh, it will be in your ear holes uh, as a regular podcast wherever you get your podcasts uh, as early as Monday night. Um, yeah, we got we, as we've been talking about on this show, we have a new leader – but uh, when you fire a coach in the middle of the season. Oh, I thought you were talking about the United States for a second. <laughs> <laughs> we might have a new leader soon, but they haven't fired anybody and there's not going to be an interim coach, at least for now. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but the, um, the Falcons exercise the 25th Amendment. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. When you fire a guy in the middle of the season, 
You know what you do? You just promote one of the other guys. So yeah. Raheem Morris, do you know yeah. what his most recent uh, job credential was? If he had a resume, what's his most recent job? Do you happen to know Aaron Hodges? Like the job he had last week? Yeah, the job he had yesterday. Defensive coordinator of the Atlanta uh, Falcons. <laughs> Who's less qualified? Wow. Because the captain of the Exxon Valdez wasn't available. What? How do they... We couldn't get some scientists from Chernobyl in here to fix this problem. Wow! With the brain, the brain trust with the Flint water situation. None of those guys were available to hire to lead a bunch of men to mediocrity. I'm sure Raheem Morris is fine, and I think I prefer him over Dirk Cutter, who is the offensive coordinator, who would be the other natural choice. I'm just saying that's the problem with firing a guy in the middle of the thing. That the guy, there's not a great choice. That's you know. Your Josh McDaniels isn't available, whoever that is for you. Right, right. Well, I mean, the offensive coordinator has to be a little bit disappointed, right? Because, I mean, they seem to be doing okay. They're putting up points every week. Who's yes. The offensive coordinator? Yes, I think I you're know. right. But if you're, I mean, I, I'm not a football expert. I'm a joke writer. But it does appear to the layman like the offense is not the problem for the right. Falcons. They've got – one million first-round picks on offense. All their alignment and every one of their skill positions, they're all first-rounders. The offense has been not the problem. The defense is one of the worst defenses we've ever seen in the 30-something years I've been watching football. It's atrocious, and that's the new coach, the guy that was doing that. It does seem like a weird choice. And they got rid of the GM too, right? They got rid of the GM. Thomas Dimitrov also fired. Uh, we got, we're going to discuss, we, there's a lot of this to go through. It's a lot to figure out. I don't, but how do you get the defensive coordinator when the worst team and the worst defense in the history of well, the Cowboys the defensive coordinator wasn't they're available. Five. They're over five, man. It can't get any worse. Can't Dax get any ankle worse. wasn't available to come in and Dax ankle is broken. We got a lot. Yeah, his ankle's so it's so broken that he's going to pay less in taxes than the president. That's a that ankle's broke. Um, Todd McComas is going to join us. In fact, I see him in the waiting room right now. All Todd right. McComas is a fantastic comedian. Uh, you may know him from lots of things, including uh, being Pat McAfee's one of Pat McAfee's boys on his recent run through Radio Land and podcast wonder and he has his own podcast 1041 and a couple of other podcasts and he's one of my buddies and he's a former cop that we talked to on 50 toasts uh he'll be in here in just a minute but i want to power through a couple of these things that we normally do before we get our great guest on um first announcement uh we're gonna we've never done this before we're doing a new thing we yeah, are man. doing a we're calling it a quick snaps inside the huddle q a that will be on Thursday night. And if you don't know what Inside the Huddle is, head on over to patreon.com and type in quick snaps and it'll explain to you. If you join us and support us at this level, then you get these perks. And this is one of the perks that so you occasionally get to be on a programming thing with us. We're going to be doing the first one of those on Thursday. 
Yeah, I'm excited about it. So yeah, go go ahead and join it. We'll uh, it's going to be posted just for the Patreon members first, and I don't know, maybe down the road we'll release it as a regular podcast. But uh, just doing something a little extra special for the Patreons. It's awesome. We want to thank those guys for supporting us. Uh, thank you guys. And uh, if it's terrible, we probably won't post it to anybody else. <laughs> it is a, it is just a test episode. So we don't know what we're doing. Uh, we gotta want to just invite the inside the huddle members to join us on the show and if they want to fire away come with uh questions whether it's football related or related to myself or kostaki whatever it is we'll like basically just be doing a show this show has uh this is like you could put julio jones in your fantasy lineup you could get a zero or you could get 50 points and we don't know which it's going to be yet the floor is the ceiling. The ceiling is the floor. That's right. That's who, right. Who knows? I don't who know. Who knows? Who knows? All right. Uh, you want to do taps on the back and then we'll bring in Todd McComas? Yeah, you seem to be very excited to give out yours. So why don't you go ahead and kick it off? Well, in life and in football and in lots of other places in the world, including stand up and lots of other dreamy things. There's a lot of sitting around and waiting for your chance. Mm-hmm. And well, you've got to be ready when that chance comes, because as Eminem said, sometimes you get, what does he say? You got one chance to rock it and the rest Ooh. to just kill yourself. Yep. Yep. That's what it is. Yep. That's pretty much it. Right. That's what it says, yeah? <laughs> one chance to blow. Is that it? Yep. Come on, help me. You know this. Don't yep. pretend like you don't know what I'm saying. Nope. You nailed it. You nailed it. <laughs> See, this is why you get the video, because if you're only listening to audio, you've missed Aaron Hodge's faces on that. <laughs> the cringing. Uh, yeah, it's uh, you get your one chance. And Chase Claypool was given a chance because there was some iffy play by one guy and some injury by another guy. And he had a chance and he fucking blew up, man. It was beautiful to watch. So kudos to you, Chase Claypool. Not a kudos. Taps on the back. Taps on the back. Taps on the back. <laughs> well, uh, it's unexpected that I'm going to give this award out to this individual that I'm about to speak of, but You know, a lot of people think that he's above the fray and too good for everybody. Supermodel wife, Super Bowl champion, all of these things. But (laughs) this week, Thursday, which already seems like five years ago, he played the Bears and, you know, he decided to just be more relatable to the everyday man. (laughs) You know, we all, none of us know what day it is, what is time. It doesn't matter. He forgot what down it was and it was oh. fourth down. So, for, I mean, it's just so relatable. I never, nice never thought him. I'd see that happen. It was very nice of him to come down to our level. So, Tom. A lot of kudos. Taps on the back. Wow. Congratulations, sir. I've never seen this segment used to troll a dude before. Uh, it's a lot of kudos to you, Aaron Hodges, for putting a new form on the on the whole thing. You never know where we're going to go, baby. I love it. We told him we'd get him in here at 740, and here he is. And it's 740, is. and we don't fuck around here at Quick Snaps, the podcast. We try to be prompt and shit. And I think with this intro, we are telling hey. him that he could say whatever he wants on the show. Todd McComas, everybody. Hey, guys. Hey, buddy. How are you? 
Good to see you. Welcome in. We sort of did your intro already. I don't know how much you were able to catch, but uh, I already gushed about you and stuff. You're well, I the, trust you. You're a comic <laughs> I've known forever, and you're a hilarious dude, and you've been on a hell of a ride the last few years. Uh, prior to that, you were, on, you were in a car with me driving to Springfield, Missouri or something. Loved uh, it. Yeah, we did a bunch of that kind of stuff together, so it's, yeah. uh, it's good to talk to you, man. Do you, sw- do you still swim when you're at the hotel? You still do laps? Yeah, occasionally. Yeah, of course. Do you really? God, you always made me feel bad about myself. Like you would get <laughs> go swim laps. I'm just like, oh, I really like a beer right now. That's my <laughs> reputation on the road. Kostaki's, you know, he'll, he's a slave driver with the fitness. <laughs> I didn't have that on my bingo card. I, I, no. <laughs> you didn't expect. You didn't expect to hear that. No, yeah. no. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, look at the guy. He's always statuesque. You know, he has to maintain his image. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> the Greek in him. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right. Well, you, sir, uh, I've got two main questions. We can talk about anything. Uh, but I have, I have two pressing questions for you. Um, yeah. Pressing question. Uh, you're a lifelong Colts fan. Am I right to say that? Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, we got the Colts when, you know, I was uh, wanting to say – Shortly after high school, probably. I don't even remember what year it was. But, you know, Harbaugh was our guy, Captain Comeback. And oh we goodness. weren't any good, but we had that one run, that one year. We almost, you know, made it to the big one. And uh, ever since then, because I never really had a team before that, it was like, oh, who does my uncle like? Who does my, who's my dad like, you know, this year? <laughs> and I would just hop around. But, it, yeah, you know, and it's weird because Indianapolis isn't yeah, a storied franchise city you know so i know people make fun of our fandom here like people from pittsburgh and cleveland because we're like uh, turncoats in the middle of a game as long as we're doing great and we're winning <laughs> pretty good fans middle of the game you throw an interception turn things around we're booing you i know it's, it's, it's terrible <laughs> Nobody from Atlanta will be looking down their nose at your fandom. That's, uh, that's for sure. I'm, I'm jealous of your quarterback run. I mean, you've had such good quarterback play in your last, uh, what is it, 20 years? Yeah, I kind of decided maybe we'd go a different route this time. I don't know. It's <laughs> a good segue. That's a, you knew what I was getting to. That's what we're doing here. Uh, Aaron and I have had a little sort of friendly back and forth about Philip Rivers. Basically, his position is he's washed, and mine is we don't know yet. Give him a chance. Give him a chance. He's been mm-hmm. he's been good broadly. Where, where do you weigh in on this? We he had a tough game this time, right? Did, did you watch yesterday's game? Yeah, no, it was bad because my buddy was in from L.A. and he was craving Hooters for some reason, so we had to go watch the game at Hooters. So I can't consume it how I normally do at my backyard bar, you know, where I can really focus. But, <laughs> you know, it's Rivers, I think, is he, is he the guy where you're like, oh, good game manager, you know? I don't know. Like, he, I, obviously, he, he's had a good career, great career, and <laughs> – He's been around. He knows what to do, but he has a noodle arm, I think, at this point. That, that shot put form, I just I don't know how he's getting passes completed. But he's never going to be that guy. You got to have that guy that manufactures plays, right? Like the, it's a broken play or whatever, and he can make it happen because of his athletic ability or a cannon of an arm or whatever. We don't have that. And we had that with luck for so long. And then 
Manning more so for his just, he was just smarter than everybody and yeah. couldn't make the right decision like that and be 95% accurate every time. But now we're, we're stuck with, okay, we have a good play caller, I think. And so as long as everyone executes perfectly, we're fine. But, you know, if, if wow. that guy's route doesn't work out and he doesn't get wide open. Wow. That sounds it. exactly what I've been saying about Eli Manning for like the last three years before he retired. That's exactly right. He's a decent quarterback if everything else around him goes perfectly. But if yeah. anything breaks down, the guy has like a panic attack and doesn't know what to do. He just becomes a robot. So that's mm-hmm. what I, I see. It's less of that in Philip Rivers. He's still got he's still got a little bit of it yeah way more than eli ever did really but uh the colts aren't gonna do anything this year or any year if no. he's still there they're not we're, gonna win we're gonna win more we'll maybe go 500 maybe we'll win you know one more game than we lose I, that's best case scenario right like you've right we have no playmakers by the way we don't have anybody <laughs> who just, you know, makes something out of nothing. I don't think we have anybody. Even T.Y. Hilton, I think, is great. Love him. But he's not an OBJ or, you know, he's out there not out there catching balls over people or, or creating opportunities. You know, he's just an excellent route runner. When he gets wide open and you can thread it to him perfectly, shit happens. That's We had Andrew Luck. That happened. But with Andrew Rivers, you're a wideout? Like, forget about it. I mean, you know, you're going to be a slot guy, I think, or a tight end, which I I have an inside person at the Colts who tells me that, you know, Rivers (laughs) prefers the tight ends. And now that we have Trey Burton back, I'm told there's something special that could happen between them because at practice, they are magic. But – but – Let's see what happens. Mo Alley Cox, you guys have some good tight ends there. Yeah, I think that they're banking on between him and Mo Alley Cox that that combination, and then you have Jack Doyle in there whenever you need him. But he's a good blocker, and he's a, you know he's one of those uh, he's a great guys. third best tight end. Right, right. right. So I, you know maybe something will develop on that. But again, we're limited. We you know big deal. All right, maybe maybe you make it to the playoffs. What are you going to do after that first game? I mean, well, once you get there. It's interesting. It, it strikes me as being almost a generational thing, like uh, with Peyton and with Rivers they're the, and Manning. And they were like, stand there, and when things are going well, we got this. But now, kind of, the, if you're listing the top five quarterbacks in the NFL, they're the new wave. They're the Russell Wilsons. They're the Patrick Mahomes. They're the – go ahead, go ahead. Josh Allen. Josh Allen, yes. Okay, Josh yeah. Allen, yes. Yeah. I think Josh Allen's in the conversation for top five. I think sure. Herbert might end up there. If he, Herbert if he, looks great. He's a little bit old school, and yet he can still run around. Right? Now, here's an interesting question. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Again, I, I told you I don't study it like I was been on a sports hiatus after leaving the Pat McAfee show, but I, I'm pretty sure that if we wanted Herbert, the Colts could have made that happen. I think we had three first-round draft picks to play with, and I th- I'm pretty sure they could have made that happen. That's and interesting. And the fact that they didn't, if I'm right about that, is infuriating to me <laughs> because I, I always thought that he might be the best prospect out of that class. And the fact that they didn't gamble in that direction 
or even let's go the other side of the coin. All right. Instead of trying to make a move for a young guy like that, if we're going to go with somebody established and I'm not even going to call rivers established. I think past your, his prime is what you call him, <laughs> but you know, Cam Newton was out there and I'm not right. saying, you know, he would have been the perfect fit with this locker room culture that they yeah. always James Winston, but James Winston. I mean, yeah. you, I, I would have taken Nick Foles for that matter. Like, I think there were so many other options that were probably less expensive or definitely not any more expensive. Oh, sure. Especially those first two guys, Cam and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, my brain stopped the one from Tampa, James uh, Winston, Winston. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Winston and Newton went for pennies on the dollar. They're, you know, it's crazy. Teddy Bridgewater was in the equation. You know, all these people that right. all these quarterbacks, I think were an obvious better, why they went with him. I have no idea, but I think it's got something to do with this culture. They always talk about, we're building the culture here in Indianapolis. And I think they thought he is a good role model. He's a, a good leader character wise in the locker room. And I think that's great if you have a Herbert or somebody in the winds that you're molding, but you already know you're not molding Brissett for anything. He's just a, a decent guy to go to for one game. If you have to, right. You know, he, yeah. he doesn't make a lot of mistakes, but he doesn't make a lot of shit happen. So right. I think I, I don't know what the thinking was. I, I can't even, I would have loved to have been in that room when they were charting out the pros and cons and everybody. Cause I can't imagine that list made any sense. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I, I've been kicking myself the last few days about not keeping DK Metcalf in my keeper league. You know, oh, it's like, no. and I actually heard, uh, what's his name? Uh, Matthew Barry say today, he goes, if you, if you had a dynasty league, uh, initial draft today, he would be the first wide receiver. And I was like, wait, what? Cause he's 22. I know. And he's got at least five, six, eight years with Russell Wilson. Right. Yeah. And he's figuring it out. I mean, he's, he's huge he's a monster and he's, and he's, he's consistent so and he's got size and speed. It's mm-hmm. got, he appears to have all the tools right now. So yeah, I agree. Can we jump yeah. on, on that to talk about the end of last night's game? Did you get the Vikings with the Seahawks? Yeah, man. I watched that. It was another, it was another uh, going for it moment. Right. Yeah. I think this one is one of the worst, obviously, because it, didn't pan out. Todd, did, are you familiar? Did you see? I, I didn't catch the end of the game. I'm sorry. Uh, that's okay. But talk so, me through it. I'm a big Russell Wilson fan, by the way. Essentially, yeah, like a uh, little over two minutes left. Vikings have a five point lead. Yeah, they have a five that's right. point lead. They're down at like the five yard line. Decide to go it on fourth. Go for it on fourth and one instead of kicking the field goal to go up by eight. Eight point lead. Now, I know there's a lot of new rules in the NFL, but last time I checked, there's no nine-point lead or nine-point scores in the NFL. Right. Yeah, worst-case scenario, you go to overtime. And the the chances of that are what? Pretty slim. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's right. Right. It's, yeah. This is one of the worst go-for-it moments. And, I I, like, uh, the announcers were going off about the, the analytics say this, you should do this, you should do that. But it's like, Sure, take the analytics into the equation, but when worst case scenario is tie and go right. to overtime, throw up by eight, up by eight is a pretty good situation to be in. Yeah, <laughs> two I minutes mean, left. Yeah, that's, that's all right. on Zimmer. That's all on Zimmer. So they yeah. went for it, didn't make it. 
Didn't Russell make. Wilson marched it 95 yards and threw a touchdown on fourth down to DK Metcalf mm-hmm. with 15 seconds left. It was amazing. That's what he does. What does he do the rest of the game? Is he just warming up for these last four minutes? <laughs> it's weird to me how much better he is. He's the opposite of the Falcons. It's, uh, it's, yeah. it's weird. Some of these guys, they just – when the chips are down, man, they just, they're just better than the rest of the game. And, and some, some guys are the opposite, I guess. I don't know. Absolutely. Like if, if, can you imagine Seattle, if they had even the Colt, the, like the Colts defense right now, you know what I mean? If he, right. if he didn't have to take the game on under his own arm or his own legs every right. single time, I That's mean, right. he would, I mean, he would by far be, unquestionably the best quarterback in memory, I think. I feel like that team is built for them to be a running team, but their defense is so bad that they have to let Russ cook. It was, that's not even plan A. That's like, oh, shit, we're behind by 10 again. I know. You know it's Their defense is not great, and somehow they're still 5-0. and And so weird that he is a defensive – I mean, quarter. I mean, a coach. I mean, how, how did this happen? I don't know. Of course, I don't understand all the business of it. He allocated you know, money in the wrong places right. maybe offensively and soaked it all up. But, I mean – if they have any defense at all, like middle of the road defense, I mean, they're a real, real contender. Right. I think now. that's yeah. why I want to see Russell get another one. So he doesn't have to have that. Oh, the Legion of boom won it for you. The first go round, you know what I mean? Right. So you could just say, you know, similar to, uh, sorry for talking basketball, but you know, LeBron <laughs> winning it with different, different teams uh, uh-huh. and getting his respect. But I think Russell's greatly respected, but if he got another one without the Legion of boom, Yes. That would make it indisputable that he's top two and maybe not two. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Well, what he's done with the teams he's had is very impressive, but there's always that lingering thing. Yeah. You're, you know, same way like when Manning won with the Broncos that year and it was completely because of the defense, you know, Trent Dilfer. Yeah. When they're that dominant, it's, they're always, it's always going to raise that question. Right. Yeah, what a nice problem to have. I, yeah, right? I, I was commiserating <laughs> with some of my Falcon buddies. You know, we've been watching the Falcons a little bit on and off for 40 years. Uh-huh. There's never been a single great defense. Not one year where they backed into like, oh, the, somehow it all came together. Not one. I never, not once in the, my, <laughs> all of my life of watching the Falcons, did they have a good defense? Like, yeah. how is that possible? Even yeah, when they had weird. Dion? <clears throat> No, Dion was a superstar, but the rest of the defense wasn't better than average. That's not my memory of it. They certainly yeah. weren't like a, a standout in the league. Right. And that's that Dion's another thing that drives me bananas. Like what what why would you not pay whatever it is? He's the biggest jersey seller in the history of Atlanta sports. And He's the backbone of the whole. F- what are you doing? Why would you let him walk? Yeah, but like, because you traded him for something else, because you spent that money in what way? Like I can't even. Again, I, same same caveat you had. I'm not the money guy, but I don't. As a casual fan, that is mind-boggling to me. No, I gotta agree because that he's generational. You know, right. not only as a player, but he superseded that as a right. superstar celebrity. He was the face of the state <laughs> sports. Yeah. Right, right. And still to this day, when you whenever they come out with like the map of the and then the number one jersey seller in the state, it's still Dion oh, after all these yeah, years. Yeah. 
Yeah, isn't that crazy? That is crazy. And the Falcons jersey specifically? Because they got a lot to choose from. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Dion as a Falcon. Good for him. He was great. Let me see if I can recall all his teams. So he was on the Falcons. Yep. He was on the Cowboys. For sure. He was on the 49ers. Mm -hmm. Yep. Are there more? Those are the three in my head. Yeah, I don't remember any more. Okay. Yeah, I can't think of any, so that must be it. Yeah. He's on Barstool Sports. (laughs) (laughs) Is he? Has he been doing stuff with them? Yeah. He's got the coaching gig now. He signed a deal. He's a coach. He's got a – like the NFL Network gave him an offer that was less than what he was making. He was like, goodbye, and he, like, has this whole new life this year. It's kind of fascinating. Jeez. Oh, there's a segue. He's a redskin and a bar- raven. He was yeah. a redskin and a raven. I knew that. He was a raven. Yeah. I didn't know he was. I didn't even know he was a redskin. I don't have a mental image of either one of those jerseys. I, I got no. it as a raven. As a, I don't remember the Redskins. Yeah, not at all. But the Ravens, uh, I do remember. Yeah. Did he have a year where he was hurt or something? Maybe. I, mean, I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. After sometimes. Being- after being released by the Cowboys, uh, the Redskins and Snyder signed Sanders to a hefty fifty-six million seven-year contract at the end of what? the two, at the end of the two thousand season. Wow! What? And then he played for what a year and a half or something? And then he got he retired <clears throat> abruptly retired in two thousand one after only playing one year with the Redskins, and then in two thousand baseball. Yeah, yeah. Redskins <laughs> yeah. waived them, and then in 2004, he became a Raven. Hmm. Don't remember that at all. I don't either. That's crazy. Wow. Um, now you abruptly retired. There's my segue. I was looking for it. <laughs> well done, real pro. <laughs> <laughs> you can see the wires. <laughs> oh, I want to get to the. So you, among other highlights in your crazy, uh, uh, wacky career, Todd mm-hmm. McComas, have been sort of, I don't know, this is me saying it, you can correct me. You sort of became uh, Pat McAfee's boy. You were kind of his right-hand man in some ways and running yeah. around doing stand-up and helping him work on the act. And then you were on the podcast and then you were on this national radio show. Uh, hell of a run, man. I mean, I could talk, I could listen to you talk about those few years for a long time. I find all that fascinating. Yeah, it was a blast. Now, I never had to help him with his act because here's the key to Pat McAfee's success in stand-up. He's somehow able to walk up there not knowing what he's going to say 10 minutes before he does two hours on stage and kills it. I, he just, he just, you know what, stories will pop in my head as I go. And it's incredible. Inconceivable, right. And if he's he does even chart it out, he's like, he never follows it. You know what I mean? He just, he just goes with what he feels. It's one of those guys. And, but yeah, man, he, that guy, like I owe everything to him. If I, what little thing I have in comedy right now is because of him. And he, when he knew that he was going to retire, you know, he hit me up and was like, Hey, dude, I think uh, Barstool Sports wants to do some kind of partnership, and um, that might mean we have to move to New York. Don't know yet. I'm going to try to just make it happen in Indianapolis, but it's a possibility. Would you want to retire as well and do this with me and help me get it going? And I was like, Fuck yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, of course I do. <laughs> yeah. I was like, talking about retirement before yeah. I even met you. I was like, I almost got shot a year and a half ago in a parking lot in the hood. Yes, I want to do that. So 
I, uh, Tom McComas, former cop, for those yeah. of you just joining us. Yeah, it wasn't a drug deal. Well, it was, but it wasn't my drug deal. Um, <laughs> so I uh, jumped on it, and thankfully, we didn't have to go to New York. I mean, I guess thankfully, I don't know. I'd never lived there before. You lived there. But, yeah. I, you know, I was wanting to stay here, and um, they thought it was a good idea that he did because at the time, his fame, you know, wasn't near what it is now. It was big, but it certainly was huge all through Indiana. I mean, he right. was probably our most famous, other than Peyton Manning, probably our most famous person, even maybe over Reggie Miller with that younger generation. So, yeah, um, that's interesting, right? Yeah. A he, punter. Uh, How is that possible? I know, right? It just shows you what comedy does. If you're funny, people love you. <laughs> like, he, Goes on the Bob and Tom show for two years every Tuesday, right. and then he <laughs> sought the spotlight and he shined when he was in it. That's a, that's yeah. a pretty powerful one-two punch. And you know what's hilarious? The more I was with him, and the more like former teammates would come on his show, um, they would talk about he he was basically just routinely doing stand-up in the locker room, like sometimes even like grabbing this thing and pretending it was a microphone and like just telling stories. Yeah. And they're like, they're like, we knew that he was going to do this. Like he was literally doing stand up in the locker room and everybody loved it. <laughs> and in, in his own head, he was like, dude, I was practicing. Cause I knew if I could get these jokes to work in front of a dude that was an Ivy leaguer, a white dude, you know, a white dude from Stanford. And then I could make a, a dude that grew up in the hood in Detroit, all laugh at the same things then I wasn't going to have any problem on stage anywhere. And wow. it, really, it was very scientific about it, which was impressive. And he had, he had, he had the, you know, the know-how, the savvy to realize that's a thing. And uh, once he started getting these stories down, he's like, all right, I'm going to take on a little I-69 tour through Indiana and crushed it. And then the rest is history with, you know, Barstool Sports signing him and him leaving and then, even building success off of that because free of Barstool Sports, which they had a good relationship when they left, he just knew that he'd been told by the NFL and by ESPN, like, hey, we want to do some stuff with you, but we can't while you're associated with Barstool Sports. And everybody at Barstool Sports completely understood that and wished him the best, and they were still friends. And it's obviously going very well for him. I mean, he's yeah. back on Sirius with the Pat McAfee show from Terrestrial Radio. And then, uh, you know, his podcast is always, always huge. So, but, but you went with him to the big national radio syndicated show mm -hmm. that was on. You were one of the handful of voices on the radio show. I was. And I was and, the least knowledgeable in sports by a crap ton. And that's... <laughs> And that's why you went. That's why you were like, I don't know if this is a good fit. Tell us about that because that's fascinating to me. It was good for a couple of years because his show. He still, you know, it was like when I ended police work. It was the last thing I wanted to talk about for a while on stage. I just, you know, I lived that for twenty one years. I want to talk about some other stuff. He was the same way when he left NFL. He was like, you know, I'll talk about when I need to. That's my backstory, but it was always just more of a setting than it was defining him he enjoyed just being funny in regular conversation so it was probably 30 percent sports talk to begin with and then 70 percent just having fun conversationally and that's perfect for my wheelhouse and then as things grew in espn and the nfl the nfl came at him and you know they're they're having him call games and all this stuff and very much went from 30 70 to like 90 10 you know 
and it it became a serious sports show that people started to respect. And it was, I was like, man, this is a lot of pressure on me. Like if I say something <laughs> wrong or that's inaccurate, or I just don't know what they're asking me, you know, it's going to be so embarrassing. And, um, you know, and I felt bad, like, I don't want to hurt your show, bro. So you, know? you had to become a bigger sports fan just to be on the show. Yeah, I had to study constantly from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to bed, I had to study. Now, part of that was I learned quickly, the more you gamble, the more you will study. <laughs> right? Because that's funny. You gotta, I know that's right, man. My whole mood is affected. That's really think, a funny like insight. The, yeah. the smallest amount of money on a game. And oh. my whole, I, you just watch the game completely different. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm betting on every, every yeah. NBA game that night, yeah, you know, just yeah. so I have to keep up and you see, you know, with the games and all that. And I, I was, uh, you know, I was always a big NFL fan to watch and a big major league fan to watch, but I never really studied rosters outside of my teams. And this was a first for me. So, man, it just, it consumed my life to the point where it stopped being fun. That's like really I stopped enjoying right. sports because I was, for me to study for anything, I've always been this way. It has to be something I'm passionate about. If I'm not, man, it becomes so much work to retain. And I was like up to the minute I'd have little note cards before we go on the show. And I'm looking at, okay, who was in the last game? Okay. Who did what? Okay, here we go. I think I got it. And just hope I didn't forget if he called on me, but then it became a point where he acknowledged it. And I, I even, you know, we had a conversation about it and I'm like, look, man, I'm sitting there sidekick couch. And all these guys could be working for ESPN right now. Like they're that knowledgeable and they, they, they just get it. And they're passionate about it. I'm like, why don't you move me back to answering calls? I have a microphone. And then if you know, Oh, here's Todd, will have something funny on this. Then obviously you just call on me and the camera goes to me. And, and I had that role at the end when I was working there. So I would answer calls and I would be, because he's big on his callers, right? He, He has a loyal, list of callers and we like for them to have a good time when they call in. So I would joke with them, you know, when I answer to keep them entertained and engaged. And then I would send him little notes, you know, this caller's on deck. He's got something good. Um, you know, you can make fun of him for this or whatever. And, uh, and it was good. It was good. I think he felt bad about putting me in that role, to be honest, because I was the comedian, but it also, made sense like I couldn't chime in and help him because even he like his knowledge of sports like he's also not like a statistician you know he doesn't consume in that way so he needed guys to his left and right that it could be like all right so how many you know what's what's um what's Russell Wilson's quarterback rating right now and then these guys would know it didn't matter who he asked. They just knew. I'm like, how are you doing that? But <laughs> when you love something, you just, when you see it, you remember it. So and, how, do you, uh, how do you guys meet? Like, how do your paths cross? I'm assuming you're already, you were uh, in the middle of your career as a cop and he's a punter for the Indianapolis Colts. How do you guys meet? And what is a, what it was, it, what was it about your relationship that like your lack of sports knowledge didn't matter as much? Like what, made that connection strong for you guys where he wanted to start the whole thing with you. Well, this is when we met, he was in love with comedy and the Colts weren't great at the time. And although he was great at his position, um, you know, it's not fun to be on a losing NFL team. Right. It's a lot yeah. of pressure. So he was falling in love with comedy and, and doing radio, you know, as part of the Bob and Tom show. 
Um, and I can it a lot to why, you know, I kind of fell out of love with police work because my passion became greater for comedy. And um, he was asked to do a stand-up show and record it for the NFL. Mm, might have been NBC Sports, sorry, NBC Sports. And a clean, like, do clean 30 minutes and we'll cut a, you know, a little clip from it and show it in this pregame thing. We're going to do a little story on you about you doing stand-up. So he came to Morty's Comedy Joint, which was my home club at the time. I eventually became a, a partner in that club, but I wasn't at this time. So he's there. Um, we watched the show. And then yeah, he used afterwards... to have to kiss his ass to go work Indianapolis. <laughs> you never had to kiss me. <laughs> we always that. bring Kostaki. God. <laughs> so we, we hit it off, and he, he loved the club, and he would come every Tuesday night to this weird show that me and two of my best comedian friends, Sean Latham Chris Bowers, ran. And it was a, it was a very different comedy show where it was very unscripted, and we would um, we have all these challenges, like the audience would come up with a topic and throw it out at the beginning. And then we would have to write jokes as the show went on and do a joke off, best joke written about that topic during the show. Things like that. And it was just a crazy fly by the seat of your pants format. And he loved it. And uh, he would bring his brother and his mom and dad to that show faithfully every Tuesday. So there was them and like three other people that would show up. <laughs> that was the show, but he loved it. And he liked, he liked, really liked Sean Latham and I a lot, our comedy. So he asked us to open for him for, we did a couple shows with him and then a big New Year's Eve show. And uh, he and Sean became like best friends. And, um, but I was the one that he chose. I think my level of maturity and I was a responsible person <laughs> one out when he asked the first person to join. And so I did. And then Sean came and joined us later and Sean still works for Barcelona sports today. Um, right. Yeah. So it's that, that's how it happened, man. We just became friends through comedy hanging out at his house. He was just, gotcha. he, was a, he was a blast. I mean, how you, this dude that lives in a mansion in Indianapolis, he was a professional athlete and he was just like one of your boys, you know? Yeah, to hang out that's with, exactly so. who you want to hang out with. What, yeah. uh, what profession creates worse hecklers? Is it comedy or cop? Oh, today's culture? <laughs> we have to give it to cop. <laughs> when, you, when you were in it. When, you were in it. <laughs> when I was in it, I would say heckler for sure. Like people were pretty pro-cop, which is why my cop stories always worked so well. And then I released that album called Cop Stories with all my greatest cop stories in it kind of retired that material like right in the nick of time good timing like, yeah i know man this stuff wouldn't play now uh it does if if i if it's a majority of the crowd or my people and then i save those for like requests at the end so i'll gotcha. pull out one of their favorites to close with all right but um also i'd been telling them a long time so i was like all right time to time to sure, get off sure. your ass and start writing some material. that's lucky yeah. timing yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so then you're so then you shifted and you're fascinated and you have a passion for true crime stuff so tell us about your podcast now yeah it's uh 1041 with todd mccomas and 1041 is the police 10 code for marking on duty so that's kind of the theme is uh maybe i'll share with you um, a crime story or an unsolved murder or something, we'll discuss it. And then your job as a listener is to mark on duty and share that that story with as many people as you can and, and generate a call to action sometimes, you know. I'm not going to say this absolutely worked, but there was a case where a girl that was um, really, she has her own podcast and she was 
pursuing justice for her sister who's been missing. They still haven't found her. And the, the main suspect is her, her dad, who was not her sister's biological father. So she's in a weird spot. And they created this really interesting podcast because she created a podcast about it. And she came on my show once and um, things kind of took off after that for her. And then, they, and then Barstool Sports had a podcast that had her on. And then she blew up on TikTok on her own. And then before you know it, uh, there was enough, I think, public outcry and pressure that the Maricopa County Prosecutor's Office finally called the police to the carpet and filed the charges. So wow. just recently, so I like to think we had some, the show had some part of that, which is all I ever asked. Like, I'm all about injustice burns a hole in me. I just can't stand it. That's why I was a cop. But um, so hopefully that works. And then the other times we're just, uh, I'll have interviews. It's real ADD. So I'll do unsolved murders if I can get my hands on a good one and somebody on the inside of it to talk. And then I will tell a regular crime story from history that's already, you know, like Bonnie and Clyde or something I'm interested in. Or if I can get an interview with some cop who was in a, you know, I had a guy that survived the North Hollywood bank robbery shootout. You remember that one where the guys were walking through the street in full body armor with machine guns. It was all over the news. Yeah. Um, But it was in the nineties and I've tracked him down and had him on and his story was incredible. So I tried to do that mixed in so it's it's kind of a hodgepodge of amazing cop stories um stories of survival i had a teacher who single-handedly overpowered um and took down a school shooter in the middle of the school shooting got shot three times during it um and so you know if i could tell a story like that and have that person on i love that so it's, it's just a little bit of everything it's not traditional true crime it has some of that mixed in with you know these other amazing stories to be told to interview that's and cool i'm really enjoying it you know it's it's probably it's definitely my biggest podcast and it's the one i you know tout the most and it's the one i'm closest to i think because much like pat eventually i missed police work yeah and right I, I it's in your dna it back. that's yeah. your yeah. that's your backstory right yeah For sure do you ever have people throw you suggestions on cases to all the time to? constantly yeah. constantly and now the frustrating part is a lot of most 90% of the ones I get, they're like, you should look up this, this current, this unsolved case and feature it. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But I don't know anybody involved with that case. So I'm just going to be reading Google stuff to you, you know, <laughs> and I don't really want to do that. You know, I can do that for Bonnie and Clyde and color it up a little bit, but cases like that are hard unless you have a investigator on the inside or, you know, a surviving family member who's been investigating the case for several years and has a lot of records and stuff to refer to. I so I try to save up for those. So that I add, and then I add some police perspective. You know, like right. that one girl that came on. Um, her name is Sarah Turney, and you know, her podcast is very big now. It's called Voices for Justice. She actually had me on hers to offer a detective's point of view. So sometimes I'll get asked to do that, which is becoming a cool thing. It's happened a few times because that's what my true crime podcast offers that others don't is I will tell you why that was bad if the police did that or why it was good or, you know, why this thing was more significant than you realize, you know, right. from, from a detective's perspective. So that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, super briefly, tell us the other podcast too. Uh, Fun Town, just a comedy podcast, me and two comedians, and Jess Osmond from The Bob and Tom Show. 
And then uh, Four Life Podcast, interestingly enough, was with my former fiance. So I don't know if we should keep the name Four Life or not, but we're still friends and we still do the podcast. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know it was a former a, fiance. Yeah, it's a relationship she will, podcast. So. You will be a former fiance for life. Hey, you do get there married. you go. There you One go. One of the yeah. first ever podcasts that's still a giant success. It's the only thing they each do for a living is Keith and the girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when they started it, they were together and now she's married to to a woman exactly <laughs> so that's all i can hope for is that marnie marries a woman to add a more interesting spin <laughs> so you never know yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, we managed to make it all the way to kickoff, and we didn't Good. even finish one of the, the list of things. It's great to talk to you, man. Yeah, you too, man. Thanks for having uh, me. Absolutely. So 1041, check out that podcast for sure. Mm-hmm. And go follow uh, Todd McComas wherever you follow stuff because he's good at this stuff. He's an interesting follow on Instagram and Twitter, and just go check him out. You want to yeah. throw us your – Tag, what are you uh, yeah, at Todd McComas? Oh, just my, at, my yeah, name. That's it's all easy. easy. Yeah. And we're all taking the uh, over in the Charger Saints game, right? Is that right? It's tempting. It's tempting. That's the Barstool uh, motto, right? It's life's too short to bet the under. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. That's the way I'm playing it. It is way more fun to root for the points to happen. <laughs> it, it really is. Yeah. There's nothing worse than rooting against points. Like I know, you, right? In fantasy, when you're playing against a kicker, you're like, yeah, oh, get, oh go first. No, not a first. Oh, <laughs> right. shit. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, thanks so much, Ty. It's great to see you. We're going to do like five more minutes, just me and Aaron, and wrap it up. Awesome. And uh, thanks for being on, buddy. We'll uh, we'll see you down the road. Anytime, and I'll get a hold of you about coming on mine very soon. Let's do it. Absolutely. Right, brother. Uh, take care, man. See you, Aaron. See you, man. Oh, man, that was fun. See? Look at us. We we're, Our show is now dynamic. We got sound effects. We have other humans. We really are getting there, man. We have we have sort of a basic outline. We open strong. We got <laughs> we're getting it together. All it's right, like a now you have a podcast. You have a clip. Am I right? We're closing on a clip. Uh yeah. You want to get to this? This is cool. Yeah, I thought. Um, you know, we used to do a thing called bold predictions, and uh, it's tough to do every week. But it's something similar. I was just stewing around in my head. I was actually listening to a podcast that we did recently. Then went and took a walk down to the river, came back a few, uh, few hours later, and it was uh, the 50 Toast episode that we did right before the season kicked <laughs> off. And we were talking about expectations for what was coming up this season. And a couple of things caught my ear where I was like, oh, wow. So I thought, <laughs> you know, it might be interesting if we're ever on here speculating about something that's going on and something once in a while peaks our fancy we can go back and revisit something like that so we'll call it so how'd that go <laughs> this already hurts my feelings i know well i am kind of picking on you i haven't even heard it yet but i'm sure this is gonna hurt for this first one i am picking on you for sure but this is from the 50 toast episode that we did right before the season kicked off <laughs> speculating on the season for the Falcons. I, I think there's so many great stories. I, I mean, the, the Falcons, I think, are a fun story. Obviously, I'm biased, but no no one is talking about the Falcons. Vegas thinks they're going to win seven and a half games. Yeah, that's disrespectful. And every uh, pundit is oh. talking about the Saints and the Buccaneers as uh, Super Bowl contenders. I, I, I don't know. I don't think the Falcons are the third or fourth best team in that division. I think they're higher. I, until, I are they know. the fifth? I, I think they're being disrespected. Um, 
<laughs> now we're back to modern day. How'd that go? Uh, so how'd that go? Not good. Oh, and five. They're being disrespected, Aaron. <laughs> They're not being disrespected on a weekly basis on that field, yeah. Mostly by me calling Bob and Tom and making fun of them for 10 minutes. Yeah, man. Oh, well, my God. Hey, man, you believed in your team. That's the only crime. <laughs> the crime. I should be on uh, McComas' podcast. What? <laughs> How did this happen? This was a terrible crime. <laughs> oh, that oh. hurts a lot. So we're going to do that once in a while if we just fumble around, say something, and then later yeah. we revisit it. That's That'll the new be schedule. like a, okay. a stumbled upon segment. Yeah. Okay. I like yeah. it. Uh, I'm not going to say anything else about my stupid team. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> God, they're bad. My team is bad too. And uh, I thought they would at least salvage a Dallas Cowboys victory over them, but uh, it wasn't to be. It wasn't to be, even with Dak Hurt. They almost won that game, too. Yeah, probably should have, but they stink. They stink. You can't even hand, handle Andy Dalton coming at you, the the world's best redheaded backup quarterback. Yep. It's too yep. much for the Giants to handle. Former Bengal, by the way. Actually, I have a surprise. I don't know how it's going to look on this camera, but we talked about I'm going to give a, a painting to everyone. Oh, I love this. You he's got a painting in, to show us? Inside the huddle. This is for Inside him. the huddle, folks. Get a painting, an original painting from Aaron Hodges. This is going out to Eddie Barry, a Cincinnati Bengals fan this week. Oh, my goodness. Look at that. Hey, that's gorgeous, man. That's a little dark. It's a little dark and spooky. It's just, just get, bearing your soul with that one. A little... <laughs> <laughs> that's great i want one uh, red and black one, please yes sir you got it all right so that's uh this I, I promise you this is the only podcast where you will get uh paintings as a bonus for enjoying us uh come join the inside the huddle and if you do that you can come join the conversation that we're having on thursday night at nine uh we're going to send out uh, invites to all of our inside the huddle folks uh and we'll do that uh this week thursday we don't compete against football but Weirdly, there's football on Tuesday this week and not Thursday. Oh, that's yeah. that's the world we live in right now. So crazy. Um, another quick plug, uh, since you mentioned 50 Toasts, this week I've got Josh. I got Josh Arnold from the Bob and Tom Show, the 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 fourth voice, the a, a primary member of the Bob and Tom Show. Josh also is a great comic, and I used to try, you know knock around and see him on the road occasionally we had mutual friends and had some respect before and he literally grew up listening to the bob and tom show and then became part of it it's a pretty cool story so i'll talk to him about all that stuff and his brothers and his position on the show and the shit that tom gives him and how he feels about that and we'll we'll do all that stuff it'll be good um do we do everything we came here to do aaron we're good right i believe so sir who are we rooting for tonight uh, I think I'm just I'm wa I want the Chargers to be good. I think a good Chargers team is a fun story. I think I'm interested to see what happens with those running backs without Eckler, and I want to see the progress of this uh, this grown man who's so young he still has acne running the team. It's amazing to me. He's like a kid out there. Great hair on that kid. I saw a great video hair of him uh, warming up. Great hair. He is tall and handsome. He's yeah. uh, it's a I'm cool for that dude. kid. Yeah, I, I, I can root for that, dude. Um, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week. I'm coming for you, Andreas.
Tuesday oh. Night Massacre. Oh, is that right? Yes, sir. <laughs> little trash talk at the end. <laughs> See you later, everybody. Bye-bye. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.